Welcome to Homegirl Nation. We're the podcast with the goal of making it easier to talk about tough things when it comes to the nitty gritties of womanhood. I'm your host, Bridget Trong. Today, we're talking about sex. Sex with Sue in particular. And by Sue, I'm referring to Sue Johansson. Now, if you grew up in Canada in the 90s and 2000s, surely you know this trailblazing sex educator who made a lot of us feel comfortable and frankly more confident in talking about and learning about sex with her shows, Sunday Night Sex Show and Talk Sex, which aired in the States. Well, Sue is getting her own full-length documentary on the W Network on October 10th called Sex with Sue. And joining me on this episode to talk about the Toronto native's life and career are director Lisa Rideout and Sue's daughter, Jane Johansson. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Jane. It's a pleasure to meet you. Hi, too. Hi. Had a chance to check out the documentary and learned a lot about Sue that I didn't know prior, which uh, we'll get into. But for a woman who made a lot of us over the years feel comfortable and confident talking about sex and learning about sex, I really can't believe it's taken this long to uh, give her that feature film treatment. Lisa, why was this the right time to explore this story and unpack Miss Johansson. I mean, I think I have to throw that question over to Jane because she really had this needs for it. And, you know, I had the same question. How has no one made a, a documentary about Sue before? And so I'll let Jane answer that. Well, that's how Lisa came to it. She was on an airplane coming from L.A. and she went, wait a minute. We have to do a documentary about Sue. Nobody's done this. And it just so happened that I had come up with this idea in some remote location and was um, doing some filming along the way myself and realizing I can't do this myself. I can't make a documentary of Sue. I want to. We need one. People are going to love it. But um, I need, I need, you know, professionals coming in with this. So someone suggested that I really pursue having a female documentary filmmaker. And the universe just put Lisa right in front of me. And we met for coffee on Bloor Street. And that was it. It was a done deal. So it was always in the works for you on your side of things, Jane, to tell this story. Uh, I'd say within the last seven, six, six years. Yes. Uh, it, it came to me that I thought I was going to write a book. And then I went, well, wait a minute. I'm not a writer. I can't write a book. So then I went, I'll make a documentary. And then I went, well, wait a minute. I can't. <laughs> you know, I think I got the, that kind of guts from Sue, where Sue just went, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And she did. And so um, I'm hoping that that Sue, through this documentary, inspires lots of people, regardless of what walk of life they're in or who they are, that if they decide they want to do something, just do it. Beautiful message. And that she was a trailblazer on so many levels. Lisa, I know with your previous works and your previous short documentaries, you really had the goal and the intention to challenge stereotypes, to really encourage people to have tough conversations around sex, gender, politics. Was this the incentive for you as well when Jane came to you with the, with this proposal? Or did you see something else that you wanted to intentionally execute? Yeah, I definitely, you know, I saw it in terms of my other work. I think I make films that are sex positive and, you know, Sue 
was someone who was preaching that message before we even knew what sex positivity was. So, um, you know, I grew up with Sue. I grew up with the Sunday night sex show being my only form of meaningful sex education during a time where I went to Catholic school and they were basically telling us, don't do it. You know, that's the message I got. This is something that happens between a man and a woman after they're married. So Sue was talking about sex in this way that nobody else was. And, you know, I think she talked about pleasure when we were only hearing about reproduction. Um, So that was incredible. And, you know, it's hard to remember a time before the internet and social media, but, you know, Sue was our Google, you know, we didn't have access to information. You asked your parents, which you would never do um, when it comes to sex. Or you talk to your very nervous PE teacher. So um, there was, yeah, there was nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. So I think I, you know, was just so honored and thrilled to be part of this. And Sue obviously deserves a film. She deserves for people to, you know, memorialize her. She was radical back then and even today. And, you know, we're just so happy that people are going to get to see this film and understand why Sue did what she did. I didn't go to a Catholic school, but I grew up as a second generation Chinese Canadian. And to this day, in my mid 30s, I have still yet to have that sex talk with my parents. It's not a thing. It's just not a thing. It never came up, not in the slightest. Um, I think the only time we had a sex related conversation was maybe in my late 20s. I had been with somebody for about seven years. My mom just asked uncomfortably, Are you using protection? And this was like six years into it. And I was like, yes, mom, <laughs> I am. And that was it. That was the last time we talked about it. Yeah. And Jade, it's funny you left because I'm sure you had a much different upbringing. And I just thought, I wonder when the first time Jane had the sex talk and what was it like when you were given the sex talk from Sue Johansson? No, that's the funny thing. I, I would have been exactly in your shoes. I didn't talk to my mom about sex. No way. Gross. <laughs> When I was a teenager, you don't talk to your parents about it. I was embarrassed. They were embarrassed. Nobody wanted to talk about it. My mom hadn't got hands in. I know, but she hadn't quite gotten into, uh, you know, creating the Don Mills birth control clinic yet. She hadn't quite really started her, you know, on the path. So she was just a mom and I was a teenager and I was a bit of a rebellion. Um, and I, I just, I was not, I, it wasn't, wasn't going to happen. There's just no way. So uh, I totally relate to your situation, even though I grew up with, you know, the sex educator. It didn't matter. Once she got into um, really teaching and really being on radio and being on TV and stuff, then I could have approached her then. But that was too late. I didn't. It was. It, it's too late, Mom. Really. <laughs> yeah, there's a grace period for all of us. You point with it. You're like, maybe this is the time. And then years pass. You're like, now. Yeah. Uh, you know what? But quite honestly, in all fairness, had I gone to my mom because she was who she is even before she started the dog mills birth control clinic, if I had gone to her, she would have sat down and been absolutely candid, clear, concise, warm funny, loving. She would have gently introduced me to all the things I needed to know and answered all my questions. I just shut the door on that. (laughs) I completely get it. (laughs) That warm, you know, um, inviting, 
engaging, relatable human that we connected with every Sunday. Was that was that Sue at home? Absolutely. Mom was fierce. She was like, if she wasn't downstairs making our clothes, and I'm not kidding, I, all my dresses, skirts, pants, everything came out of my mouth. All my brownie outfits. She made all of our brownie and scout outfits, um, all the Halloween costumes. Then she'd come upstairs, make a batch of cookies. Then she'd vacuum the house. And then she'd, you know, um, uh, go do a load of laundry. My mother was extraordinary. And that's before she got involved with all that stuff. Eventually, she, she got on the, um, you know, on the path of doing, uh, becoming a sex educator. And that was it. We were doing our own sewing and our own vacuuming and our own baking and stuff like that because, um, she'd found her niche and boy, did she find it. It was a good one. She really did. And this is the niche that really resonated with many people around the world. I yeah. saw a stat somewhere that Sue received on average about a hundred thousand attempted phone calls per episode from viewers. At the height of ox sex. But wow. I mean, the amount of fans that she garnered in those three decades, incredible. And I have no doubts that group of fan base included Nina Hartley, Russell Peters, George Charbonopoulos, Margaret Cho, just to name a few who appeared in the documentary. Lisa, what was it like to curate this group of talents to speak so candidly about what Sue meant to them? Yeah, it was incredible. I do have the stat of the people that called in, if that's helpful. But um, so she got an average of 200,000 to 300,000. Even more. Even more. (laughs) No, sorry. Those are viewers. So they got 65,000 calls and 12 to 16 made them on air. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. She made millions of people over time feel Mm -hmm. so comfortable with something that can be so taboo within their own household. But sorry, uh, yeah, to go back to curating the group, I mean, you know, we, it was a process. We dived in. We wanted to really show kind of the breadth and the wide scope of people that Sue reached. And, you know, a certain age in Canada, you listen to Sue. So we knew there's going to be all sorts of people. But I think what was incredible is, you know, there's actors, there's comedians, there's, you know, porn stars, there's a porn director. Um, in our film and it just shows that Sue reached so many people and that she impacted them so it's not just sex educators and of course it is there's you know many sex educators in our film um, that watched Sue growing up and she really inspired what they do today but it's everyone she really touched everyone and she changed the way that we think about sex and how you know our comfort level around sex as well and for her to have made appearances, regular appearances on the most popular late night talk shows at the time on Ellen, Letterman, Conan, just to name a few. For yourself and your siblings, Jane, it must have been really cool to see the explosion of her brand and her niche on such a large scale. Yes. And and, and yet, on the other hand, there were times when we were also kind of just shy about it. Like we didn't, we weren't boastful about it. We'd go to school and you know, if people would comment on saying, oh, I just saw your mom on Letterman or something, we'd go, oh, yeah, cool. Um, you know, what are you having for lunch? Like we, I, I don't think we, we didn't make a big deal of it. I don't think we really realized what was going on. Not really. Uh, until I went down to New York with mom uh, while she was making some appearances. And I was gobsmacked to see that when she exited a taxi or a limo or however, that, that people would recognize her, run across the street, come to see her, hug her, want to hold her hand, have their picture taken with her, 
want her autograph and ask her questions. <laughs> they would say, well, um, Sue, would you mind? I actually just have a question. I remember once sitting in a movie theater with my mom, my dad, my sister. I, I don't know if my brother was there or not. This person came along the aisle, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, trying to come in to sit with us because she wanted to meet Sue and she wondered if Sue had a moment to answer a question for her. No bones about identifying the fact that you're seeing my face and I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer my question because that's what you do and you do it well, you love doing it, and I trust you, and then I'm going to walk away, and you're going to sit and watch this movie. That's the deal, right? It was incredible. There was this kind of unspoken contract that this potty mouth grandmother was accessible to everybody, and that was her beauty and charm. And this came before the digital age, because the digital age made everyone accessible. Did anything ever make her uncomfortable? That's a really good question. Because I'm watching, um, I watched some of her old interviews with Conan and you see her putting a strap on on her face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone should forget that once they see it, but I think it made him uncomfortable. Did yeah. she ever find any challenges in the space that she was in? Did fame ever make her uncomfortable? Is there anything that made her cringe? I think if she cringed, it was because she may have given some misinformation by mistake or by being misinformed about something. Um, and, and then she would just like, I, I could see her uh, pause. And then she, the next week or the next show or whenever she had the opportunity, she'd say, I need to clear something up. And she would apologize profusely. That's the only time I think my mom really cringed was that I think if she felt like she had actually given misinformation or had misquoted somebody or something. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and she must have strong opinions about the world of misinformation that we live in now. Um, was there anything off limits, Lisa, during the production of this film and really delving into Sue's story and experiences? You know, I don't, I don't think so. Um, Jane had already, you know, filmed with her mom, so we got that material, which was incredible. And I mean, Sue's a pretty open book on her show and on those interviews, so. We approach the film. I always like to, you know, kind of set the tone from an organic space. And, you know, Sue was boundary pushing and funny and open and honest. And we really wanted to embody that with this film. So, no, I don't think anything was off limits. I think the challenge was that there was so much to deal with because Sue had this career for decades and decades. You know, she had a clinic, she was on the radio, and then she had two TV shows. So, you know, it was huge. And you can't talk about Sue, you can't talk about sex without talking about the social and political context. So, you know, we had to ground it um, in that and in the different time periods. And then we also wanted to talk about contemporary sex educators. And I think, you know, when I dove into it, I was, I always wanted to, you know, ground it and bring it to a contemporary place because the way we talk about sex and sexual identity has changed so much. And I think it's important to recognize that. It's important to recognize that Sue's show is during a certain time period and things have changed. And so we show how she's influenced the sex educators who are in the world pushing progressive sex positivity today. What does she think about this new crop of sex educators that have come up since she retired or went off air? I would say that some of them she's not aware of. You know, she's retired and enjoying that. I think she's she's almost stepped back and out of it. But 
my sense would be, and if I can speak for my mom, and I think I'm speaking a truth here, that she would be so proud, so proud of what these women have uh, picked up. She's passed the torch. They've picked up the torch. They're running with it. And they're doing such amazing, amazing things by educating, by having workshops on how to practice giving, um, you know, a hand job on a vibrator and the, and the diversity and the age range, like all the way down to a young girl who wants to do teach sex education on TikTok. I think she would be so proud if I could speak for my mom. I think she would be. Yes. Well, if you can share a message to your mom, it's a big thank you on behalf of all of us. My generation, of course, millennials, she made a huge difference in how we looked at sex and embraced sex. So please extend that gratitude for me. I will, because honestly, you think she gets tired of hearing about it, but she doesn't. And she appreciates it. And in all honesty, she's, she, yeah, she embraces all those comments and love and, you know. Yeah, she's the teacher that I always wanted in my home. So thank you so much. Sex with Sue airs on the W Network on October 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you so much for dropping by for this homegirl discussion. You know, the door is always open. 